It felt like my head was spinning, and the words Mary spoke were just confetti in the wind. I need an exit plan. do you recruit for exit plan security? What sort of job description do you put together so people know what they're getting involved in? We didn't know exactly what we wanted at first. We thought it over and talked about it, decided we needed someone to support us so they didn't personally have to know or do anything particularly supernatural. So here's the job ad we put out. Position. Organization administrator. Description. Exit Plan Security is a security consultancy that works in a highly specialised segment. We are looking for an administrator who is happy to work independently and who is a great communicator. You would be able to organise travel, procurement, invoicing, and provide various communication and research services. You will report directly to the partners. Duties File government forms Organised training, invoicing and account management, equipment and service procurement, research and knowledge collation, other administrative functions as reasonably required. So, not the greatest job ad in the world, but I, I think it got across the generalist nature of the position. We're looking for someone to take care of everything uh, that, that wasn't sort of around actually performing security work. Hiring another security consultant will be a whole different thing, and we're really unsure of how to do that. We're a little conscious of the need for some discretion. We don't know who or what else may be paying attention to us. Let us not forget the person wrapped from head to toe who killed the Maroi I saw, nor the fact the books were delivered back to me after I had tried to sell them. I mean, I did sell them. I got money for it. That's pretty good. But I donated all the money, so... Zero sum there. I mean, Shilpa hired me and tried to eat me because of what I knew. Look, here are some job interviews. Can you tell me a little about your career to date? I've been a stay-at-home mum for the last five years, and before that I worked in a deli in Como. Can you tell me a little about your career to date? I moved here from New Zealand about three years ago. While here, I've been working part-time at a law firm, cataloguing and organising case files, travel and hotels for the partners, that sort of thing. Uh, What do you see as your greatest strength? What could you bring to this role? I'm good at time management and data cataloguing. In my spare time, I maintain a website that sorts and organises news articles about dog trials. My diet breeds Kelpies, so I've always helped with that. Can you tell me a little about your career to date? I worked as an account manager and administrative assistant at McCulloch Children's Hospital. Prior to that, I was a student at McKinley University, where I studied history and archaeology. What made you consider this role? It was the research and knowledge collation duty in the job description more than anything else. I enjoy organising paperwork as much as a person can enjoy it, but I have a deep, abiding love of knowledge. Performing background checks, researching clients and places, 
You did mention the partner's travel for work. It's something I really enjoy. The chance to discover something interesting and then associate it with other pieces of information and share it with other people is something I love to do. At the hospital, I got the chance to learn about treatments, drugs and operations and then present them to the specialists. I also had to organise the travel of the specialists and book training and research and procure new equipment. What sort of growth do you see for yourself in the future? I don't know if your company currently has a research library, but I would love to move into a researcher position where I do more knowledge acquisition and retention duties. So like organise and attend training, collate and create documentation about the topics and build up a library of specialist knowledge. I think the security industry would present interesting and unique opportunities. Oh, it wasn't hard. The first woman was eager and being a mum for five years would have given her some organisation and planning skills. But the truth is, I was hesitant to hire someone who had a young child depending on them. I don't expect the position to be dangerous, but still, the kid deserves to have a mum who, who doesn't run the risk of being exposed to the, the sorts of things I have. The second guy, he was a real contender. A clear admin nerd with an interest in organisation. But then along came number three. She immediately presented as a no-nonsense librarian, passionate about the gathering, organising and cataloguing of information. And she'd made sure other people did the same. That's pretty much what we wanted. Someone to organise things and in time, create a library. We can't rely on my five books for all of our knowledge. There are hints in the books about the wider picture, and if we don't start viewing that picture, we're going to come to a bad end. Okay, so this is all well and good, but you're wondering what all of this recruitment talk has to do with the price of eggs in China. Check this journal out. It was our last interview yesterday. So, uh, what attracted you to apply to Exit Plan Security? Uh, it was a combination of things. I read your job ad and I thought, I could do that. Then I read your website and I got mm, a little worried that I'd be getting into something more than that I can handle. But I knew I had to apply. I had to apply. It was B who encouraged me. Who said you had to apply? Uh, no one really. My friend B said the job would be good for me. Beatrice? Beatrice Likefield? I don't know her last name actually. I met her and her boyfriend while I was down looking for jobs in Maria Anstey using the free Wi-Fi. Although actually I'm a bit concerned about the security work you do. I wouldn't actually be doing any of that, would I? No, no, not at all. No. Oh, good. Did you hear that? What was up with him, other than his accent? I mean, that wasn't right. Do you think it was Beatrice? What game is she playing? Who was a boyfriend? Jealous much? Uh, it could have been the demon she's been trying to banish. Do you really believe that's the case? Wouldn't surprise me to find out she was a demon. She looks like a goddess. I don't think it's natural. Look, it must have been B. She's continuing her long game. She knows something about Heidi and now she's letting us know. She's still out there waiting for us to come for her. It's a trap. Nice one. Nice one. But seriously, if she's dangling herself in front of you, then it's because she wants you to look for her. 
And in doing so, she'll get you to do something for her. Like what? No. I know, it could be anything. But if there's a chance Heidi's alive and being held captive by B, then I have to do something. I'll be doing what B wants, furthering her goals in some way, but what's my other choice? Abandon Heidi? I screwed her over and it cuts me up to think about it. I keep looking through the grimoire, staring at the spells and wonder if it would be worth using them if it got Heidi back to be with her family and friends again. Do you think there's a chance that Beatrice is not trying to fight the demon, like she said, but she is working with it, or is the demon? I don't know. I got the feeling demons are pretty powerful things. If she was possessed, I would have expected her to be more... Oh, demony, w- wouldn't you? So was this last interviewee sent by Beatrice? And what was up with her voice? Let's stake out Maria Antony and find out. I'm... I'm concerned that she's roped in another sucker. Sure, and she isn't the most beautiful creature this side of the known Prince Charming. You think she might be a fairy or something? I don't know. Maybe you could try kissing her and compare. Tone, I saved the day with my sacrifice. I had to kiss those other two as well. I'm still suspicious of that gnome. What did they get out of the deal? Guys, we're talking about the beautiful creature I kissed, not the one John did. Tony... You'll get your chance to kiss an otherworldly hottie soon enough. So, we watch a coffee shop in the hopes of seeing Beatrice. We follow her home, or something. Oh yeah, I guess we need to find some clues as to where she is, or how to find her. If that means watching a coffee shop for a while, then that's what we'll do. I suspect the easiest thing would be to set up a camera or two and record during business hours. I doubt she'd just be hanging around at night. Stream the video to the cloud, and use some video analysis software to catalogue and categorise to pull out clips of interest. That sounds a bit science fiction to me. Can we really do that? Sure. We don't have the time to train a system to recognise B personally, but we should be able to at least filter out all the time no one is entering or leaving the shop without having to personally sit and watch it. I mean, if we have eight hours of footage a day, it would take us most of the day to speed through and slow down when people came in and out. But... There are online services that will easily pick up video events like people coming and going. That will cut the clips down to just what we want to watch. Then over a week or so, we should know if B is visiting the cafe and when she's most likely to be there. Wow. Well, I know some good cameras we can use. I have some I use in the shop. Proper high-def ones. Small. Easy to hide. Yeah, sure, sure. We'll have to camouflage them so the cops aren't called. They either have to be obvious and look like they belong for some good reason, or they have to not look like electronic devices stuck conspicuously to a wall. That sort of thing gets the bomb squad called in. We hired Mary Constance Walchek. She used to work at McCulloch Children's Hospital, like Heidi, but she says she never personally knew her beyond knowing there was a nurse in emergency of that name. Mary worked in records and administration for the various specialists like oncologists and neurospecialists. Anyway, the first thing we've got her working on is organising self-defence and combat training for us. Well, mostly Tony and me because we are clueless. John is pretty well certified from his time at Zurich Security and he has a pretty obvious advantage in his 
towering, muscle-bound, heroic stature. We've also got her filing the paperwork for and procuring armour and weapons. We aren't going full-on bulletproof military vests and stuff, but rather there are specialist knife-proof and impact-proof armour. Kind of a mix of Kevlar chain, ceramic plate, nylon pads, like high-tech looking motorcycle armour. It's stuff used by special police forces in Israel and the UK for street enforcement and what they call urban breaching, which sounds a bit like childbirth in the hood. But really it means kicking indoors and smashing through windows. I figure we're more likely to encounter sharp claws and heavy blunt blows than bullets. Weapons-wise, we're talking about tasers, pepper spray and telescoping batons. We need certified training in those before we are legally allowed to carry them. We're also only allowed to carry them while actually on duty. But, personally, I'll be toting my zapper most of the time. I feel I won't ever know when I might need a bit of help. I'm also thinking of making or buying some brass knuckles. You can't legally get them, but I punched someone once and it hurt me almost as much as it hurt them. I've seen the hands of MMA fighters, and boy, they are messed up. Besides, if I ever come across a rougarou or ghoul, I want something a little better than my bare knuckles. We're reviewing footage from the Café Maria Antony. We haven't found anything yet, but B wants me to find her, so it's just a matter of time. It felt like my head was spinning, and the words Mary spoke were just confetti in the wind. I need an exit plan. Thank you for listening. The next episode will be released at the same time next week. The novel of Exaplan Season 1 will be released at the end of March 2019. If you would like to help support the production of this and future works, please consider buying a copy or recommending it to a friend. Thank you to Mark Regan for the voice of John and David Ryan Kinsman as Tony, Taryn Merlo, Pip Hughes and Tom Montague as job interviewees. A special thanks to Carly Nichols as Mary Walczek. To keep up to date follow at Gravity Undone on Twitter or Facebook.